All right, welcome back to another episode of Extra Innings on Gonzaga Nation Media Network. The number 12 Zags are fresh off their four straight series win in WCC play and now lead the second place Toreros by two games in the standings after taking two out of three from the Portland Pilots. Now this week holds a potential road trip seeking revenge against the number two, uh, number three Oregon State Beavers and then the Zags head to Moraga to take on league foe St. Mary's. To walk us through the Zags clubhouse, let's welcome Gonzaga assistant coach Sean Winston to the show. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. Really excited to uh, get a chance to, to talk about the Zags. Well, absolutely, man. I can't call you Sean. I got to call you Winnie. So uh, hopefully everybody else knows that. I mean, that's the name we go by. That works good. There's only, you know, there's only one person that, that calls me Sean, I think, in this world. So I think you're you're on the right side with the uh, with the Winnie, Winnie call. Good. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, fourth straight series win in WCC play. Talk us through it. How did uh, how, how did we come out? What's the report card after that weekend with the Portland Pilots? Yeah, I think it was a hard fought series. You know, Portland uh, with their coaching staff, obviously with Coach Loomis, they're they're really starting to play a really good brand of baseball. And um, what we kind of told our guys is, you know, I thought their their top eight arms really kind of had the ability to throw strikes and change speeds, and and so it was a hard fought series from us from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but we're happy to grab the grab the series and and still kind of sit in first place uh, moving forward. Yeah, I would say watching. I was able to watch Brett Gillis right, so that we we did the broadcast on Thursday night. Uh, he's pretty much all that's advertised, and and to me, what I thought was unbelievably impressive was how you uh, you guys completely changed how you approached at bats, and and it led to him. And I think it was that fifth inning where he went forty five pitches. Yeah, and, yeah. If you, and if, so if I mean, you look it, back at it, sorry, Mike. I'd say if you look back at it, I think there's two, two guys that had big at bats, and and Cade McGee that I think led to a walk, and the Grayson Sterling towards the end that ended up I think lining out. But both those guys were able to eat ten to twelve pitches in that inning uh, late with two outs that really probably turned the turned the game for us in that one. Oh no! And then we can't we can't take the, the light away from Rando who hits the ball out while it's snowing. I mean, we start to see we're not a huge power hitting team, and to watch him line one over the left field fence that that gave you a little bit of energy. It sure did. Yeah. No, he's he's come up big for us, you know, time and time again throughout his kind of Zach career, and obviously that was a a big one from our our senior leader to to run one out of the yard to tie things up. How do you think Gabe Hughes? So Gabriel, you think about it, the last few weekends, he's given up some runs. He's thrown well, right? Like you guys were even saying when we chatted before the game on Thursday, the last his his numbers really weren't reflective to how well he's thrown over these past few weeks. But how do you think he came out against Portland on Thursday? You no, know, he, he had a similar, you know, I think kind of outing as the last couple of where he's he's pitching fairly deep, you know, into the game, just six, you know, six innings plus. Uh the stuff's there. The strikeout numbers are there. He's he's had some tough luck, I think, with giving up a couple runs. You know, I think at, at all the way back to San Francisco, he gives a you know two out triple, and then he has two two bleeders, and then a big hit. Where all of a sudden he's he's cruised for four or five innings, and then ends up giving up a three spot. Um, you know, but he threw it he threw it well, obviously against Portland, and, and gave us a chance to win. And and that's something we've been able to kind of count on with him you know, year, you know, start after start of at least giving us an opportunity to get deep into the game and, and have a chance to win it late. Oh, no, two totally different styles, right? You have Brett Gillis who throws the ball, spins it a lot, 
And then you got Gabriel, who's not afraid to throw it right by you and challenge you. So it, it was unbelievable to watch pitchers duel, right? As advertised. One of two pitchers in the league. Yeah, and Gillis was good. He's he's added a cutter that I don't know if a lot of people outside of, you know, from the numbers from last year to this year, but he's really added another pitch that's that's kind of changed how he's attacked hitters and he's had a lot of success with with throwing that uh, you know, cutter to us. And we were just able to kind of make an adjustment to it towards the end and and uh, got to him late. You know, and I always try to walk away from a game and I say to myself, where was the, the one unknown factor that kind of came into play a little bit? And I, I want to go back to Nico Zaglin, watching him throw those two innings before we got snowed out in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, I mean, would you say that's the best he's looked all year? I mean, coming back from a leg injury from last year, uh, I thought he battled, got ahead on first pitch strikes and really put the Portland Pilots bats to sleep. Yeah, when he when he's going good, he's working ahead in the count. Um, obviously, he has a plus plus changeup, maybe the best changeup on the team, um, just in terms of differential from, you know, it's it's every bit of twelve to thirteen miles an hour different from his from his fastball. So he has a plus pitch, uh, and it matches or mirrors Husey really well because Husey's attacking the fastball and running it up there in the you know ninety four to ninety six range, and then. Nico comes in, and if he has the ability to get ahead and use his changeup, um, you know the the matchup game of giving the, their hitters a different look, you know, with that pitch is uh, really change it. And yeah, he was he was lights out. I think we maybe would have ran with him again, you know, going into that uh, ninth inning if if things were were tied up um, and the game was was still going on. I think we would we would have rolled with him because he was throwing it well. Yeah, very rarely do we ever get snowed out. Right. Yeah, I thought right. to myself, I go, what are we doing? And when the umpire goes, we're giving a 10 minute delay. I'm like, what's 10 minutes going to do? Let's try right. to fire through this and get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was kind of, I was kind of thinking the same thing, especially sitting here in April, you know, dealing with dealing with that, but all the Northwest had that, that issue. And uh, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy with how hard our administration and, and guys work just to, to get through it and get everything set up for that next, next two games. Cause those were big games to, to be able to get in this past weekend. All right. Well, we know you're not here. We know you're down. You're down in Oregon right now. We're we got a two game set against the Oregon State Beavers. Right. Arguably one of the best mainstays in the region uh, gave us a little bit of a run for our money right earlier in the year. So we've got a little bit of revenge on our mind. What do you see coming into these two games? Yeah, our, our guys are excited to play. You know, we're down here in Corvallis, get an opportunity to play. You know, in, the, in their setting in front of their fans, um, there's always a good turnout here in Corvallis with with their support, especially when the Zags are in town. You know, this is, I think, two years in a row where we're coming in as a, a ranked opponent. And, you know, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're, we still remember how the first weekend went down in Arizona when things were just getting started. And, and we're just, we're excited to, to match up because I think our guys are, are playing pretty well and, and uh, haven't forgot about the first week. So we're going to try to go give us our, give them our best punch and, and see how things uh, unfold here tonight. Think about this. When was the last time we were ranked 12th in the country midseason? Uh, yeah, what I've heard, I think, is back in the 80s, 1980, 1981, I think is what, uh, you know, we've just been been told. Uh, I think we've got a good little track record going of, of being in this top 25, and and I, I just hope it kind of continues and our guys don't read into too much in, into the rankings, but it's, really neat for the team to be recognized at such a high level. And, and the guys deserve every bit of it, of, of really being up there in the, the top 12. Oh, they absolutely do. And that's why I think it's so remarkable about the team. 
right? When you, when you look at it, we're the youngest roster in the WCC. And, and when you watch, like you just talked about, when you watch young hitters take 10, 12 pitch at bats from arguably the best right-hander in the league in Brett Gillis, it shows you the maturity. They don't play like they're the youngest roster and hence why they're ranked 12th in the country. So really I, the question I would almost say to you, what do you think there can't be much difference between number three and number 12 when you look at the rankings at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, you're absolutely right. There's, there's programs up there that we've had some success on, you know, this season and, and years past, obviously we had a great weekend down at Oak state um, with them sitting in the top five. So uh, yeah, I don't, best, best road trip in school history. I have to say, I, I would, uh, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. And I, I, uh, I enjoyed going down there to, to Stillwater and watching our guys compete. They did a good job. But, uh, you know, moving forward, that's another like opponent here with, with Oregon State. And, uh, yeah, we need to be ready to play really good baseball these next couple of days to have a chance to, to win. So who are they going to see tonight? Are we going to throw Mullins? Who are we throwing tonight well, to start we'll, that two-game series off? Will Dreyer is going to get the baseball to, to start with. Um, so it'll be his first start on the, on the season. Um, so in, our plan is, I think, to kind of run with him for a little bit, you know, depending on how things are going. But with the, the big conference series coming up at the end, we, I think you could probably see us use a few more bullpen arms today rather than tomorrow, just in terms of trying to set us up uh, to be healthy for the, the weekend against St. Mary's. What should people expect from Wheel Driver? What's his mix? Fastball, fastball change probably changes probably his best secondary pitch. Um, he'll he'll wrinkle over a, a slider as well. Um, when he's going good, he's he's a good you know 88, 90 mile an hour right handed arm that throws three pitches. So he has the ability to to keep hitters off balance. And he's been he's been good when he's come in to throw for us. You know this year and probably the best thing that he's done is he's really filled up the strike zone consistently. He's one of our best strike throwers on the team. Uh, you know going into tonight. Uh, we preach it all the time, right? First pitch strikes, first pitch strikes, make them hit your pitch. So, yeah, yep. yeah. Well, it, it always it always poses a little bit of a, a, a challenge, right? These mid midweek sets, right? Before you go into a big league play game on the road or series on the road at St. Mary's. So, how do you approach these two games as a coaching staff? I, I mean, we're talking the number three team in the country. Yeah, yeah, that's huge from a regional perspective to try to take one, if not both. But you also got to juggle the aspects of what does that mean going into the weekend? How much are you willing to sacrifice? Yeah, that's the that's the tough thing on the just you know when you're looking at RPI and looking at postseason hopes. You know these games in the midweek against Pac-12 opponents um, are big, especially when it's you know Oregon State and they're sitting at number three. These are these are games that we really you know need to go win to set us up you know for for the end of May and and June. So um, you know I think we'll we'll give a a good run at things you know with with, uh, you know, making decisions and, and using arms however we need to or, or uh, you know, what we're going to do within the lineup to give us the best chance to, to win. These are games that we definitely need to, to go after. Uh, with that said, you know, our, our first goal every year is to go out and try to win the West Coast Conference Championship, and we're in a good spot, so we need to, to manage it, you know, as a coaching staff with our guys and just make sure that they're healthy and ready to go on the weekend because we're sitting um, with everything in front of us within the West Coast Conference. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a tough life for four game or four series stretch here, right? You've got St. Mary's, LMU, Santa Clara, and then you finish with the Toreros on the road. So give a little bit of a preview of what this one looks like for you guys down in Morocco. Yeah, this is a big, this is a big series. Uh, 
series has had a had a pretty good year. You know, they got hot right out of the gate, winning a lot of games. Uh, they got a good rotation. I think Bowers coming back, who's a uh, an arm that's I think he made his third start on the weekend coming back from an injury. So they're getting kind of a little bit of a boost with their starting rotation. Um, they got a couple guys in the middle of the lineup that that can really have some power. You know, there's two guys sitting there close to double digit home runs, double digit doubles um, in their middle part of the lineup. So we're going to have to be able to be able to pitch to those guys and work around them at times. And, and uh, you know, I think we have our work cut out going into their place to, to win. And then obviously we got LMU and San Diego that are sitting, you know, in second or third place in the West Coast Conference. So we have a tough schedule to finish out um, as well as Santa Clara. Santa Clara is up there in that top five, five or six, I believe. You wouldn't want it any other way. Right? Yeah, that's kind of the other way. As we put it to our guys, you know, they they hold, you know, the key to, or control their own destiny, destiny of how we want this thing to play out sitting in first place. And that's what we, you know, when we go in and we recruit some of these kids, that's what we tell them is we want to put you in this type of an environment and this type of situation. And then essentially just try to step back and, and let those guys play and, and stay out of their way and in some ways when the when the game turns on. So do you think is Zach Nation going to be able to see big Will Kepner on the mound at St. Mary's this weekend? He's he's progressing the right way. I don't I don't don't know. He's going to throw uh, kind of a light bullpen um, off the mound either today or tomorrow. Um, and then depending on how that progresses, we'll see with with Kepi. But um, he's close. He's, he's getting there and that's going to be a huge lift for this team just because of, you know, not just because of how good he is on the mound, but just the teammate and the, the type of type of kid he is. Uh, our team really rallies around him. He's one of our leaders and, and the guys are definitely excited to get him back on the mound because they know it's going to, uh, you know, be a big kind of shot in the arm for us. Just a Matt, just think about it. How big has Owen Wilde been? through this past uh, few weeks stretch. You might, you could probably say he's maybe the biggest piece on the staff. You know, Gabe's done his thing. Uh, Tristan's obviously done his. Brody, Spell, Gomez, Zeglin. I mean, there's a whole whole list, but when you look at it, Owen's kind of the one that's really stepped up in a big way to, to throw the baseball on the weekend for us. And um, I know he's kind of, it seems like every start he gets, he's he's improving and, and, and making another jump, you know, from the week before, cause he hasn't, he hasn't done it, done it a lot. You know, this is the first time what, he's made six, I think college starts in his career. So uh, he's kind of, to me, you know, and this might be early to say, but he's kind of following the path of what Tristan did for us a little bit last year, where he made, started making that jump halfway through the season. And it's, it's really kind of, I think, turning the corner and, and has a chance to be really special if, if it continues to click for him. Well, yeah, hey, we'll, we'll end with this. I'm going to pivot to you a little bit here, right? You find yourself in the third base coaching box this year. You finished last year with it when the program was dealt with the blow, right? With Danny, with his off-field battle with um, with cancer. Uh, it's amazing to watch how the baseball community has embraced it, embraced him, uh, the impact he's had on the program. Uh it's unbelievable to see how this young roster has um, stepped up to the plate, so to speak, and is performing at such an unbelievable high level. Uh, what does that mean to you? Well, I, um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody within the community and, and Coach Evans 
you know, battle off the field. You know, I think the, the really neat thing is to watch everybody kind of rally around him. Um, he was also the guy that was always in the community and always helping others. So we're kind of seeing that come back towards the program, which is really, really neat. Um, you know, we, we definitely are with him the whole way through this battle in the family. And, um, it, you know, it's a reminder for me every time I run out to the third base coach's box is to, you know, think about Danny and, and the family and, and then just <laughs> this ability to uh, coach this young team. Danny was a huge part in, in recruiting these kids and these families. Uh, you know, so he's done an excellent job, obviously, with that. Um, and that's maybe something that's stood out to me of getting to know these kids maybe a little bit more than than what I normally would because Coach Evans is is uh, not around full time. But um, you know, it's it's been a really neat situation uh, getting to know those families, and it's it's been a really big challenge, you know, for me of of working in a different area that I haven't or hadn't in in a handful of years. Um, but it's been nice to kind of get over to third base and get comfortable a little bit. Um, and I've, I've definitely leaned on coach Evans for some advice and situations of what we should do. And, and he's been a big help, uh, you know, not only to this program, but to me uh, with, within coaching. So. Well, well, Winnie, you guys are 23 and nine, 11 and four in league. Best of luck down in Corvallis. Go ahead and sweep them. Feel yeah, free, thanks. Will you? yeah. Thanks. We will. Uh, we'll definitely give it our best punch tonight and, and, uh, you know, look forward to competing against the Beavers and getting getting back to, to Spokane and playing in front of our fans here in a couple of weeks. Well, I love it. Gonzaga Nation assistant coach Sean Winston zags tonight, 535 against the Oregon State Beavers. Thanks a lot, coach. All right. Thanks, Mike.